The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler, you're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown... Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler. You know... Hello. Welcome to episode 222 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. Hey. What's going on, friend? Oh, nothing much, friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Trying to stay warm. You know, it's cold out here. Okay. Cold like what down there? Uh, right now, I think it's like 24 degrees somewhere around 20, there. 24 degrees. I will see your 24. And I will raise you an 18. Yeah, an 18. No, that's that's pretty rough. Did it, yeah, did it, it was, snow too? Uh, Not around me, but it was two degrees yesterday. So Two? Two. Like one, two? Yeah. With, two. The, with the sun out? Yeah. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. It wasn't fun. Mm. Not at all. Glad you got out, out of work early. I know. Actually, no. Oh, that one day. Yeah, that day was great. They (laughs) thought it was going to be a whole bunch of snow. It wasn't. But I was like, yes, lots of them. Mm -hmm." (laughs) Well, glad that you're here to join me, as always, here on the WrestleCast. You can find the WrestleCast on the CSPN at www.cspn.us. So, Miss Didi Janay coming off of the Royal Rumble weekend. We usually Mm -hmm. don't you know, lead the show off with any news because we have so much to review and talk about. Mm-hmm. But then Dean Ambrose said, hold my beer. <laughs> because the news broke that he's going to let his contract expire and he plans to leave WWE shortly after WrestleMania. Okay. I'm fine with that. The reasons around this departure seem to be Imagine this. He's not happy with the direction of his character. <laughs> Shocker. He feels that he could be doing more. Mm-hmm. Creative freedoms, Same. I guess. Yeah. So, as I was watching Becky Lynch on SmackDown, <laughs> or maybe actually, my, yeah, it was on SmackDown because the news broke like on Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So, I was thinking to myself, hmm. If they would have let Dean Ambrose maybe do kind of something like Becky Lynch is doing right now, maybe mm. he wouldn't be letting his contract expire. Maybe. I don't know where he'll end up. Maybe AEW. Maybe he sits out for a little while, lets his body heal back up if he's, you know, got any nagging effects from the shoulder surgery. Yeah. And then we'll see where he goes after that. Question: Do you think Renee is leaving as well? I don't think that would have anything to do with it. I think Renee's under contract, so you know she's in a pretty good spot. Mm. 
And actually, I think that would be better for her because, you know, trying to reconcile Renee with uh, in-story Dean Ambrose as a husband, they, they don't go together. It's too hard to explain. So if he's gone, that's one thing that's easier for her. Right, right. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him between now and then if they build him up, build him up, build him up, and then, you know, they have, like, one big write-off or if they just beat him into the ground or if they just, you know, injure him and he's just out completely and we don't see him no more. You don't think Roman Reigns will have anything to do with his final departure one way or the other? Depends on how healthy Roman is. Uh, I mean, he filmed a movie, so... He's got to be feeling better. (laughs) The internet says you must not be that sick if you love the film and movie. So, I mean, uh, anything's a possibility at this point. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some some people are talking about uh, it could be a work, but I I don't think so. It could be, but I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it as well. Then, on Wednesday, Hideo Tommy was like, hey, (laughs) if it works for Dean Ambrose, I'm going to ask for my release. He was granted his release. So he is no longer a part of WWE. It is rumored that he promised in writing that he wasn't going to go to AEW. That he was going to go back to Japan. Yeah, right. That's the rumor mill. But the actual factual is Hideo Itami, a.k.a. Kenta, asked for and was granted his release. So he's free as well. I just think this is just going to be the trend for quite a while. People leaving? Asking. Asking Asking to leave. leave. Yeah, it's up to them if they let you leave, if you still have time on your contract. But if you're like Dean Ambrose and you're coming up to the end, I'm pretty sure he's been talking to Chris Jericho and whomever and so forth. And so if he's got, you know, if you're not happy at all in your contract by the end, you know. Yeah. Because apparently they were trying to give him like a five year, five million dollar contract at, at the least. Ooh. But he was That's like, a lot of money. But he was like, the money wasn't, the money isn't the reason why he, he would stay. Oh, that must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. That's uh, the news for this week. Hideo Otami and Dean Ambrose. You know, they're def- they're going to be out of WWE, so. Two more players that they won't have in the mix for the big move to Fox mm-hmm. later this year. It just makes more room, though, for some people because, you know, yeah. they've been moving people up, but they haven't really been releasing a lot of people to kind of, you know, keep their roster turned down. Space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes it's this type of stuff is actually kind of good for the company. They can, you know, make more room for Adam Cole or Velveteen Dream or somebody like that when they're ready mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. next few months. So speaking of those guys, yes, we'll get into NXT TakeOver Phoenix from this past Saturday. Thank you to everybody who joined the live tweet. Hashtag cast TakeOver. Last time I'm ever on a pre-show. Oh, you didn't like the award show? He ruined it. No, no, no. It wasn't about the awards. The awards were fine. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there later, but he ruined it for all of you. I'm never watching a pre-show again. Ever. Ever. 
fuck? What was your biggest complaint, ma'am? Oh, that um, that bozo the clown looking boy. Oh, Sam Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I live a kayfabe life, and I don't know if he was kayfabe or not because the way he was like jumbling over them words, it felt like he had words on his spirit, and I just ain't got time for the shenanigans. We'll get into the proper NXT Takeover edition part of the show as we have the undisputed era defending their NXT Tag Team Championships against the War Raiders. Roderick Strong goes up for a superplex that connects. Kyle O'Reilly follows that up with a diving knee that gets a near fall. We get a series of strikes from the champs on Hanson, and the Olympic slam from Roddy gets a two count. Roddy then hits a knee that breaks up a Hanson move. They nail the high-low, but Hanson kicks out. Hanson uses his agility. He hits a handspring double back elbow, and then we get the tag to Raymond Rowe. The War Raiders hit their power slam powerbomb combo. Then they heist Kyle O'Reilly up on his shoulders and to connect for the fallout and the war raiders are the new nxt champions yay it was a good run by the undisputed era they had those sometimes yeah i guess so they could have stretched this out though because this was their first one-on-one matchup but Mm. maybe they'll have a rematch on like NXT or something. Personally, I was just shocked to realize War Machine and War Raiders aren't the same people. Yeah, they are. They're just different names. Oh, they're different names. So mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Who them fat people on SmackDown then? Oh, Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery. <laughs> oh, yeah. Too many names. There you go. All right, now I'm clear. Great. All right, let's move. Next up, Cassius Ono faced off against Matt Riddle. We get a moonsault by Cassius Ono, followed by a big boot and then a big boy senton. He tries a second senton, but Matt Riddle catches him in the rear naked choke. Ono rolls to the ropes, and then Ono offers to fist bump while he's on his knees. Matt Riddle greets him with a knee strike, and then he puts him in a a sleeper suplex. We get some MMA elbows, and that forces Cassius Ono to tap, and Matt Riddle is your winner. So is the WWE really like MMA now? Like, that's the wave? To be honest with you, that's what wrestling should have evolved into instead of everybody doing all these dives and Mm. jumping over the ropes. Everybody should have been evolving into submissions and locks and holes and things like that and fights right okay right okay if you look at it like that i guess that makes sense because i'll i'll just break it down to you like this the best mma guys are usually really good wrestlers first their background Mm. comes from wrestling Mm. so that's kind of the take on it. And then they kind of evolve themselves from the mat and then they, you know, build themselves up to be good at standing up. But most of the time, you know, they're really good at wrestling. And that's what mm-hmm. wrestling should have evolved into. Now, what UFC does better than wrestling right now is if they can understand how to make their big fights seem really big, they can really hype their, they're learning how to hype their shit up like wrestling used to. Mm hmm. Like Conor McGregor, 
Yeah. Like yeah. A, a lot of his stuff is straight old school, you know, wrestling type stuff. Yeah. But doesn't it help? They only wrestle like once or twice a year. Yeah, that helps. But that's the that's the that's the way it used to be for, you know, the championship matches back in the day. I don't I don't think that's sustainable for us because imagine if that was the case, we would actually like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> It's just a new. It's just that people have been conditioned through the Monday Night Wars mm. that oh, the championships got to be on the line every week. When we when I grew up, not only did you rarely see a championship match. Oh my gosh, on TV it was rare to the rare to the rarest of occasions. Mm. Especially okay. like the World Championship. Now they had like a TV title that they would defend every week. So, like, you would be the best wrestler on TV, and that was kind of like their version of the Intercontinental Champion. Like, the best wrestler, pure wrestler in the company would have that belt. And he would wrestle on TV every week, and you had to beat him in, like, 15 minutes. If you couldn't beat him in 15 minutes, then, you know, he would retain the title. So, a lot of those matches would go to, like, draws. Mm, I see. Yeah. So, speaking of guys who evolved into one guy's more of an MMA and submission guy to one guy who was the high flyer ricochet defending his North American championship against Johnny wrestling, Johnny Gargano ricochet misses a Phoenix splash and eats a super kick. Johnny tries to spin into the Gargano escape, but ricochet slams him down and puts Johnny into the Gargano escape on the apron. Johnny shoves ricochet into the ring post Johnny looks at the concrete floor which he exposed earlier, and Johnny gives Ricochet a brain buster on the concrete floor. Johnny rolls a battered and beaten Ricochet inside, and then Johnny hits the slingshot DDT, and Johnny Gargano is your new NXT North American champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, another fantastic match by Johnny Gargano. He is really just one of the best at putting together a singles match, especially at TakeOver. Ricochet doing Ricochet things. I think everybody's impressed with him, even in the loss. So, undoubtedly, everybody's match of the night. Your thoughts, Miss Didi Jenny? Oh, it was a wonderful match. Only made better by the end of the night. <laughs> Now, I've been waiting to hear your thoughts on this for almost a week. Mm. NXT Women's Championship match, Shayna Baszler against Bianca Belair. Bianca goes after Shayna, but she is pulled into the Carafuda clutch. Mm. Bianca starts going out, but she powers up to her feet with Shayna on her back. Bianca breaks the hold, and she turns Shayna around, and she puts her into a suplex. Bianca climbs up, and she has to kick off Jasmine Duke off the apron. Bianca tries to 450 splash, but she misses. Shayna locks the Carefuda clutch back on again. Bianca struggles, and she gets up again. The crowd erupts. However, she can't get all the way up, and she drops to the mat. She tries powering up one more time and does so, but she finally passes out, and Shayna Baszler retains the NXT Women's Championship. Mm. Now, 
Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no, Let no. You, floor, no, you go. The floor is yours because I was going to lead you in, but the floor is yours. Uh, I don't have much to say. The Bozo Clown, Sam, Sam, not our Sam, the other Sam, already ruined it for me going in. And so then we have the match. I kind of figured in my head it wasn't going to go the way most of the WrestleCast family wanted. But let the record show. Bianca pinned that girl for about seven seconds. That's one. Shayna Baszler needed two extra bitches to help. That's two. She almost got out of the damn sleeper hole. That's three. So, that's all I got to say about that. Oh, also, I saw the whip mark from the from the ponytail across her ribs. Mm-hmm. That's four. <laughs> I know that in the live tweet, you weren't a fan of the stage is too big for her story that they were telling through the announcers. Um, he said something to the effect of it's a useless match. And I don't know if his intimation was, of course, Shane is going to win. Right. So if that's your feeling, if I don't know. if, And again, I don't know if this was his personal opinion or if this was his opinion as I'm the heel commentator. I don't even know. I don't know if he even is the heel commentator. I don't know him. Does he even go here? I don't know. But if if your thought is she she's not gonna win, you can wrap that into she's not gonna win because Shayna's demonic. You're not gonna win because Shayna has no mercy. You're not gonna win because Shayna likes to hurt people. You're not gonna win because Shayna rolls with two other bitches. You know, you're not gonna win because as good as you are as an athlete, you're not good at MMA. You why would you say you're not gonna win because you're not good enough? Excuse me? Who the fuck you think you're talking to? Like, that's, I don't, something about that don't, it don't sit right to me as a storyline. It almost sounds personal. And, you know, since 2017, I've been real cautious about what them people be saying. And I don't trust them. And I don't like it. And I'm just glad Bianca ain't my family. Because he'd he'd have heard from me. And that's that on that. All right. There you have it from Miss Didi Jonet. Main event time, Tommaso Ciampa is defending his NXT championship against Aleister Black. My favorite person. (laughs) Ciampa exposes the concrete just like Johnny Gargano. He argues with the referee, opening up the door for Aleister Black to hit a Meteora off the apron. The Black Mask connects, but Aleister Black is too hurt to cover instantly because Ciampa's been working on his knee. As he gets to Ciampa, the champ rolls onto his stomach so he can't get pinned. Ciampa pulls the ref in the way of a second black mass attempt, and it misses. Ciampa eats a knee, but then he hits the draping DDT and the fairy tale ending for a near fall. After a third fairy tale ending, Ciampa goes for a fourth, but Aleister Black gets out with the kick. Aleister Black misses a black mass attempt because his knee gives out and Ciampa hits another fairy tale ending and he gets the win and retains the NXT championship. So Didi, before we talk about the ending segment, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts about this match as the champ retained? 
I'm always ha- happy when Champa comes and leaves a winner. Um, I was a fan before I saw him in person. Once I saw him in New York City with the skillful win against Johnny Gargano, it's been cemented. And I have not regretted my choice to stand Samasa Champa yet. He's never let me down. He's never been problematic. Hashtag no. heal life supreme. He's great at it. Like there's just no, there's nobody better. And as much as I don't like her, Shane is pretty damn good at it. But Champa's just whole other level. So Champa, he's celebrating on the stage as we're you know ending the show. We're in the last few minutes, and then all of a sudden Johnny Gargano comes out. Johnny stand next to Champa. And he hoists up the North American title. Ciampa raises up the NXT title. And they both have a little sinister smile as NXT goes off with the two former tag team partners sporting the gold. So cute. (laughs) Motions. I felt them. Johnny Gargano doing the thing where he's like, Still kind of eyeing Ciampa's belt, though. Mm. Even though he was out there with him. Oh, we got to talk about the gear. The Spider-Man gear that Ricochet had on. Oh. I don't know if you're into comic books or anything, but that was kind of like some Miles Morales. Oh, lit. Can't say I noticed. (laughs) And then um, Johnny Gargano. Now, he had on like some deep cut. I'm not that deep of a comic book guy but it, it had something to do with like x-men and a phoenix rising and and something to that effect because they were in phoenix and and all this but yeah so yeah they had some really cool gear for for their match what did you mm-hmm. feel about bianca's gear did you like it it was, a, it was adorable it was handmade um i saw on her instagram that she made it so it's like okay she's a crafty queen um but more importantly, the shirts that she had her parents made, wear that she made, oh, so precious. <laughs> With the ponytail and then they whipping the ponytail. And I was like, you better, Bianca. But I need Binky to get real actual merch. Cause She's got it. Does she? She, she ain't had that much. It just, Is it ugly? No, it's the thing that's on the, uh, you know, when she comes out, where the hair, the and it says Bianca, and then Belair at the bottom, and it's like, her side profile, and then the that ponytail. Very basic. I don't know about that. Let's see. I'll tag you on Twitter, and you'll be able to see it. All right. But yeah, she's got merch. So I, I want to give her my money. She uh, deserves another great NXT takeover. So many, you know, things that they callbacks in the matches, and just great payoffs. So. Takeover once again delivers as only it can. So, very, very, very proud of my NXT people. Oh, absolutely not. I'm sorry, Donald. These shirts will not do. You can't? No, sir. Bianca deserves much more than this. (laughs) I like the back of it, though. But no, the front, no. And only one shirt? No. Get it together, WWE. Now when you still got Absolution on the website. 
This is the WrestleCast. This is episode 222. I'm Don DeLaRente. I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonay. And you can find the WrestleCast each and every Friday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. So now it's time to talk about the Royal Rumble. It's the hashtag Say No to Pre-Shows edition. So we'll start with this weird non-tag team match <laughs> between Bobby Roode and Chad Gable versus Razor of the AOP and Scott Dawson. And basically the premise was if Razor and Scott Dawson won, then they would earn, I guess, like a triple threat match at a later date versus the tag team champions. They, they really didn't explain this very well. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay, because Akum, the other guy from AOP, he's hurt right now. So that's why we haven't been seeing them lately. And that's the reason why we have this weird mismatch of a uh, that makes sense. Of a of a of a combination. But uh long story not so long. Rude tags Gable. Gable heads up top for the netbreaker moon so combination on Chad Dawson and Bobby Rude and Chad Gable get the win. Next up, Rusev, the United States champion. Uh, I'd like to make a correction from last week's show. Yes, Rusev is a champion. I stated it was Nakamura. I was wrong. Miss Didi Jonet was right. Peruse. <laughs> so Rusev faced off against Nakamura for the United States championship. Nakamura tries to remove one of the turnbuckle pads, but Lana alerts the referee. Nakamura gets in Lana's face, and Rusev tries to make the save. Nakamura slides out of the way at the last moment, and Rusev inadvertently knocks Lana off the ring apron. Rusev is, of course, instantly concerned about Lana's well-being, and Nakamura uses the distraction to hit Rusev Ooh. with a Kinsasha and get the three count, and we have a new United States champion, Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> United States of Nakamura. It's back. So it's it's cool what they did, how they kind of used this little cookie in this match for later in the night. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't see that, you might be like, well, what the hell's going on here? However, if you were on the hashtag and you didn't watch like I didn't watch, you did hear that Lana hurt her leg or her ankle, whatever it was. Because, you know, I didn't watch because fuck pre-shows. Yeah, I know. But. But I did hear about the injury. So, you know, if you don't want to watch pre-shows, because who could blame you, just tune into the hashtags. We will keep you up to date on everything. Thank you to everybody who used the RumbleCast hashtag. It was a lot of fun. Rural Rumble is one of the uh, fun events that everybody yeah. seems to like. So, there's a lot Very of... Very interactive. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of, lot of good tweets in that thread. So, if you have time to go back, you guys are the best. Um, we're still on the pre-show. Shawn Michaels is at the podium, the little panel, and he announces due to a brawl that actually broke out at the end of the NXT uh, thing when Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are standing up there with their titles. Ricochet and Velveteen Dream come out, 
then Adam Cole comes out and then, you know, Aleister Black limps up there and all of a sudden we have this big, you know, six man brawl that happens on the stage. It spills into the gorilla position. Mm. So Shawn Michaels announces that halftime heat will return during the halftime of the Super Bowl. We will have a six man tag match. Aleister Black, Velveteen Dream, and Ricochet will face off with Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole. And this thing is going to be on everywhere. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on the WWE Network. They're going to make sure you're going to be able to see it <laughs> somehow, some way. So this is pretty cool, old school. You know, the last time they had halftime heat was when Rock and Mankind had the empty arena match. And that was a classic. Oh, wow. That was forever ago. Yeah. That was a classic. So it'll be interesting to see if they can live up to this. Apparently, this is going to be like live in, in at full sale. So, Ooh. yeah. So this is going to be off the chain. It's going to be good. So if you're not thrilled about Maroon 5, and I think it's Travis Scott, you can always tune over to Halftime Heat. Watch some wrestling. Be. <laughs> now it's time for the cruiserweight fatal four-way championship match as a champion buddy murphy takes on kalisto akira tozawa and hideo Tommy. murphy and Tommy slug it out but murphy eats a double super kick from kalisto and akira tozawa murphy goes after tozawa but eats a stiff shot to the jaw murphy levels kalisto but kalisto rolls out of the ring Atami goes for the GTS, but Murphy counters with a leaping knee shot. Murphy then hits Murphy Law, and he pins Hideo Atami, and he gets the win, and he retains the Cruiserweight Championship. Mm. Oh, they! this was fun. This was real fun. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> they actually let him go, and they actually let him be, you know, real cruiserweight light. They didn't try to restrict them like they usually do. So I really enjoyed that cruiserweight match. Now it's time for hashtag RumbleCast as we have gone past the hashtag say no to pre-shows portion of the show. So we're going to start the main show with the SmackDown Women's Championship match as Asuka defends against Becky Lynch. Asuka, she goes for the Asuka lock and then the disarmor. But Becky counters the disarmor into the Asuka lock. (laughs) Asuka rolls Becky into a pinning predicament, so Becky has to break the hole. Becky then locks in the disarmor, but again, Asuka rolls her into a pinning predicament for a two count. Asuka locks in the Asuka lock and then flips forward into a bridge similar to the cattle mutilation or the the last chancery of all the Austin Aries fans. Becky Lynch can't break free and she has no choice but to tap out. And Asuka retains the SmackDown Women's Championship. Mm. That was a hell of a match. Yeah, it was. And I'm glad they had Asuka win because she needed to have like a strong championship win under her belt you know a memorable win yeah so we move on to the smackdown tag team championship match starting off with the good stuff first on miss Didi. 
the blue brain. Mm. Oh well, you know we do what we do. <laughs> the bar they defended the titles against the Miz and Shane McMahon. Sheamus gets the tag and he hits a double team white noise for a two count. Cesaro gets the tag and holds down Shane holds Shane McMahon for a bro kick. The Miz pushes Cesaro and he takes the bro kick instead. Miz levels Sheamus with a skull crushing finale, and Shane McMahon heads up top and he hits a shooting star press on Cesaro, and that gets the pin. And Miz and the Shane McMahon are your new. SmackDown Matters Tag Team Champions. I'm gonna... I don't know why they're champions, but the Shooting Star Press was flames. It was perfect. And he's like 50. (laughs) And it seemed like it took less of a toll on his body than trying to do the coast-to-coast. Yeah, I feel like the coast-to-coast means you have to jump, what is that, about 10 feet across? But, you know, shooting star press is no no small feat. So, you know, Shane is just. Yeah, ask Brock Lesnar. That was a comment on the on the timeline <laughs> that Shane at 50 does a better shooting star press than Brock did at 25. So, which <laughs> I said, well, that's because only one of them really loves wrestling. <laughs> so, yeah, Shane McMahon. And Cesar and uh, the Miz, excuse me, are your new SmackDown Matters Tag Team Champions. Business picks up once again as we have Ronda Rousey defending her Raw Women's Championship against the boss, Sasha Banks. Nah. Banks has adopted a double stomp to Ronda Rousey's injured arm and goes for the bank statement, but she can't quite lock it in. Sasha transitions into the Fujiwara armbar. But Rousey rolls to her feet and counters it with a gut wrench powerbomb. Ronda Rousey hits Piper's pit and she uh, bridges on the pin, and Ronda Rousey retains the Raw Women's Championship. This was my match of the night, personally. Mm. I like that Ronda Rousey doesn't look very smooth because it looked and, and plus the way Sasha Banks wrestles mm-hmm. it, it she doesn't just let you do stuff to her you have to literally put her in it okay you know what I'm saying like she cooperates but you're gonna have to grab me you're not gonna I'm not just gonna give you my arm you're gonna have mm-hmm. to like fight for it and Rhonda not being so polished too, it made it look like a real struggle. Like it wasn't all smooth and pretty. It was some rough spots in there. But that's what happens when you fight. Mm-hmm. You know, MMA fights not all smooth and pretty. They they don't always just knock each other out or whatever. So I, I like this match a whole whole lot. I thought Sasha Banks looked good. Rhonda looked good. So, mm-hmm. you know, that Rhonda didn't look good, but she didn't look bad. <laughs> You know, you know her face and makeup and oh yeah, 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 yeah. Her she didn't look good, but you know, it was it was. (sighs) Alexa Bliss would not be proud. Put it that way. Yeah, fair. I can't be objective when somebody I likes doesn't get what I feel like they deserve. 
So, like, I feel like Sasha deserves a championship, right? So she doesn't have it, so I'm not happy. But at the end of the day, it was an amazing match. I would have preferred that maybe Ronda had to do the Piper's Pit twice instead of once. Maybe that would have made it a little bit better for me because it's almost like they do this really, 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 really great match and then it's just like, oh, this one move. And I hate that. I hate that, especially when it's like not even a tap out thing of where, oh, maybe she just kind of got shook and now she can't get out. But it's just like one move and now she just can't find the energy after she done put on a clinic this whole time. So stuff like that kind of takes me out of the moment. But being objective, great fucking match. Now it's time for the women's Royal Rumble match. Mm. I took all the notes. So instead of going through one through 30, I was just going to tell you who started off and just kind of go with the surprises. And Mm -hmm. then we'll talk about like the final four until the end. There weren't that many surprises this year, which I'm not mad at. Not in the nostalgic sense. It was more of the let's get these new girls out here. And let y'all yeah. get introduced to them. Which I'm a big fan of. You know what I'm not a big fan of? Beth Phoenix on commentary. She's boring. <laughs> boring. You know what she is? Boring. So. Like, ain't nobody else. <laughs> well, uh, they went to the well with Lita so many times. Lita's boring too. Who's not boring? Those are really the yeah. only two that are they kind of. the women boring? Those are the only two that they use on commentary, really. But the thing of it is, is Beth ain't great at it. Well, maybe she is good at it. But she's just so boring. Like, why don't they get... <sighs> See, she would never go out if she wasn't in character. But Stephanie would have been good. Right. So they right. need somebody else who's, like, got a, got a attitude without being, like, in storyline. Because Beth is boring. <laughs> My God. But anyway. So the rumble starts off with Lacey Evans is number one, and number two is Natalia. So they start off the match, and they go one-on-one for a little while, and it's a little rough. Lacey Evans tries to do a couple athletic moves, doesn't quite nail them, but you can see why they like her, because she especially wants her and Charlotte were in there together. Yeah, that's. That's gonna be a thing eventually, mm-hmm. and it should and it should be. And then somebody made mention of like she's probably Ric Flair's bonus daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I could easily see that being the case. So when it came to the surprises, Zia Lee, who wrestled in the um, Mae Young Classic, she was mm-hmm. number eleven. Kyrie Sane from NXT, she was number 14. Candice LeRae from NXT, she was number 17. Mm-hmm. Casey Cantazaro, who was also in the Mae Young Classic, she was number Casey 19. Casey so-and-so. <laughs> Io Shirai of NXT, she was number 22. And Rhea Ripley from NXT UK was number 24. So I'm surprised that uh, Tony Storm didn't make it in this, but I guess they wanted to feature Rhea Ripley because she's young and she is going to be a super duper star. She's so young and I love her ring gear. I was like, her ring gear is lit. Women should take notice. 
So the hot spot of the Royal Rumble is Naomi. She's number 16. And y'all know what she did. She immediately went after Mandy Rose. Mm-hmm. Naomi drags Mandy Rose to the apron. She lands a kick. And then she dumps Mandy off the apron and eliminates Mandy. But Mandy pulls Naomi off the apron. Naomi hits a Hurricane Rana. And then she does a handstand over to the barricade to avoid <laughs> elimination. Naomi walks across the barricade. And that thing was wobbling and weaveling. Mm-hmm. And then she does a leap of faith to the ring steps. All the while, she's avoided being eliminated. And then Mandy Rose comes around and pulls Naomi off the steps, and Naomi is eliminated. When I tell you, I was very annoyed, but no part surprised because I was like, where's Mandy? <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time all of this was going on, I was like, where's Mandy? <laughs> like, I just knew. She was going to push that girl off into the crowd when she was walking on the barrier. So when she got to the stairs, I was like, whew. And I thought she was going to get a little closer than she got before Mandy came around. So I can't say I was shocked, but good job. Yeah, that was sweet. Like, I would have preferred Naomi been in the match a little longer, but you know, you not beating that spot. Well, Casey Summers had a good spot, too. But besides that, she's fucking... Yeah, Casey uh, got thrown out, but the way she landed, her feet never hit the ground. Like she landed her butt, but her feet were still up in the air. So she mm-hmm. did like a crab. So she did like some type of push out into like a handstand herself, and then mm-hmm. she wrapped her legs around the turnbuckle and did like a spider sit up and climbed back up the ring post and got back in the ring and then got dumped back out by Rhea Ripley. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So Lana, she's number 28, and she is slowly hobbling her way to the ring after being severely injured when she got knocked off the apron during the match in the kickoff show for the United States title. All of a sudden, here comes Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch argues with Fent Finley, and she convinces him to let her take Lana's spot in the Royal Rumble. That place went banana when she came out there. Mm-hmm. So we're down to the final four. We have Charlotte Flair, Bailey, Nia Jax, and Becky Lynch. Nia Jax goes for a Samoan drop, but Charlotte Flair hits Nia Jax with a big boot, and Nia then dumps Bailey out for an elimination. So we have the final three are Charlotte, Nia, and Becky. Flair and Lynch brawl in the corner, but Nia Jax splashes them both. Charlotte Flair lifts Nia onto her shoulders, but she can't get her over the top rope. Becky's on the outside, but she hasn't been eliminated. Then Charlotte dumps Nia to the apron, and Becky pulls Nia Jax off the apron, and Nia is eliminated. It's down to Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Becky starts to walk up the ring steps to get back in the ring, but Nia Jax knocks her back to the floor, and Becky tweaks her knee when she lands on the... uh, floor from off the steps Becky can barely stand but she finally gets into the ring she tells the ref that she can go and Becky squares off with Charlotte Flair but she's only got one good leg wait this is the moment where she said I can go and every doubter on Twitter said can you go (laughs) with a big old question mark (laughs) Charlotte Flair chops blocks the injured knee and then wrenches on it Flair ties up Becky in the tree of woe, 
and then stomps on the injured knee. Charlotte grabs the leg, but Becky hits a desperation into Guri. Becky whips Charlotte to the apron, but Charlotte takes out the leg from the apron. Charlotte goes for the big boot, but Becky low bridges the top rope. Charlotte tumbles to the apron, then Becky knocks her to the floor, and Becky Lynch wins the Women's Royal Rumble. The crowd goes wild. Oh, and everybody yes. on Twitter who's friends with the down people good, she can go. Yes, she <laughs> so let me guess which camp you were in. Listen, I sent a text and a tweet to a few people. <laughs> this was very exciting. It was very well done. Mm-hmm. It was great. They didn't mess it up. They had they could have done they could have done a myriad of things that wasn't yeah. the right thing, but they ended up getting to the right thing. So kudos to WWE. We have to give them their props when they do th- do things right. I mean, it so. was it was real right. It was real right. I think it was a very smart decision to not deal in nostalgia. You know, it, you know Michelle McCool is great. Kelly Kelly's Kelly Kelly, so on and so forth. But if it's a woman's revolution, then you need to showcase what you have and it's obvious that they have a lot they have a lot and so i think it was great that we got to see what all they had mm-hmm. i agree i agree i really like the uh tone of both the royal rumbles trying to infuse some new blood maybe not trying to rely on the older stars as much because everybody's always complaining if you keep bringing the old guys back how you ever gonna make the new guys as popular as the old guys Mm-hmm. So, good job. Speaking of popular new guys and old guys, <laughs> Daniel Bryan, the new Daniel Bryan, faced off against the real AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. AJ Styles hits the Pele kick, but here comes Eric Rowan. Daniel Bryan goes for Enziguri, but he inadvertently takes out the referee. AJ Styles hits the Styles Clash, but Eric Rowan comes into the ring and he facepalm choke slams AJ Styles. Rowan heads out of the ring. The referee comes back to life in time for Daniel Bryan to cover AJ Styles for the three count. After the match, Eric Rowan joins Daniel Bryan in the ring and they further assault AJ Styles. Brian and Rowan head up the uh, ramp together after the match. I don't get it, <laughs> but I'm not mad at it. They were in a really tough spot. And they wrestled a match that boring didn't do many favors to try to get the crowd back. I just know that nobody really thought that that was going to be the cool down match. <laughs> right. Like, I know they didn't think that was going to be the bathroom break match. And yet, that is exactly what happened. The way, well, I, I think, I think what, what we have to do as wrestling fans is realize that this is the new Daniel Bryan. Maybe he can't give us the matches that we expect from him anymore because he's got to be safe. And so maybe he has to wrestle more of a slower, less, you know, riskier match and more of a psychology, slower, 
you got to watch everything type of match like this one was. If this hadn't been followed, if this didn't have to follow the Women's Royal Rumble and Becky winning and all that drama in the last, like, 15 minutes, this probably would have been an okay match. You probably would have felt a little bit different about it. But after being so high, and then they come in and they take you down in the beginning, but it's like they never got you back up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. This is probably the weakest match of all the matches on the card, and nobody would have guessed that coming into the into the event. Now it's time for the Universal Championship match as we have Brock Lesnar defending against Finn Balor. Lesnar goes for the F5, but Balor counters into a DDT for a two count. Lesnar rolls to the outside, and Finn Balor connects on two consecutive dives to the outside. Finn then launches himself and connects on the third dive before Lesnar finally rolls back in the ring. Balor heads up top and he hoots and he hits the coup de gras, but Lesnar kicks out at two and he immediately locks on to Kamora. Finn can't escape and he has no choice but to tap out. After the match, Brock hits Finn with three German suplexes in an F5 for good measure. Uh, this match was done really well. Mm-hmm. Finn uh, attacked his uh, attacked his guts basically by running him into the corner of the table. You know, Brock has the diverticulitis issue almost a decade ago, so Brock did a oh. good job of of selling that. And you know, he was trying to do his power moves, but he couldn't. Even though Finn is much lighter than Brock, he couldn't lift him and do the things he wanted to do because. You know, he was having problems with his his uh, midsection and things like that. And Finn really took it to him. So mm-hmm. it was a good good showcase. But they didn't have to do the the kill the man at the end, though, with the three suplexes and the F5. I was like, good Lord, you already beat him. Y'all just ripped his arm off. Yeah. I, I, just, uh, I understand it just because a man like Brock Lesnar would be embarrassed. That little old Finn Balor took him to the edge, you know. Yeah. So, so it makes sense, but it's just like, why does he still have the title? <laughs> it's like he's also I said like he's gonna have it for the next ten years. Like he's gonna have it until he don't want to have it no more. <laughs> Basically. Like, uh, like nobody wants it. The fans don't want it, and nobody back there cares. Like you're gonna get this title. You're gonna just sit and be mad every pay per view. If you watch the twenty four seven special they did on last year's WrestleMania, mm. New Orleans, mm. after I saw him throw that belt. Yeah, I was about to say after he won the belt, he came back to the Gorilla. He chunked that some bitch at uh, Vince McMahon. I I don't have the wherewithal. If you throw anything at me, we're done. <laughs> I'm going to th- throw it back at your head and I'm not going to miss. Who are you throwing things at? First of all, this man is 70. Why are you throwing things at that old ass man? What are you mad for? And that's really what it is. What are you mad for? Exactly. It's not like he doesn't have the sweetest hearts of all deals. Some people, they just never happy in life. <laughs> but that's what happens when you're a mercenary and you're not in it for the love. 
Time for the main event of the night, the Men's Royal Rumble match. That I didn't get to watch all the way through because the WWE decided that'd be a great time to fuck up the feed. Oh, really? So I missed, I saw Elias, but I missed two through seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Elias started it off and Mm. he's doing his song and then he gets interrupted by Jeff Jarrett, J-E. Double F, J A double R, E double T. <laughs> Jeff wants to sing a song with Elias to interrupt him. And Elias, they begin to start the duet, and then Elias hits him in the back with the guitar and eliminates his ass. So that's how the Royal Rumble starts. Uh, same thing with the women. We'll talk about the surprises, and then we'll uh, do the ending. Kurt Angle, he was number four. Johnny Gargano, he was number six. Mm. Pete Dunn, he was number 18. Mm-hmm. Aleister Black, he was number 21. Of course, because he won the mismatch challenge with Carmella, our truth is number 30. Oh, wait. <laughs> He's coming out. He says, What's up? The crowd responds, What's up? And what's up is, Nia ejects, attacks Archie from behind, and Nia takes Archie's spot in the match. <laughs> now, what I like about this was when it came to Nia Jax, it wasn't no knocking or asking. She was just like, "This is mine." Yeah. And Becky did a little politicking. Yeah, she was like, "Please, please let me." <laughs> Nia was like, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in the ring right now." So Nia gets in the ring. She drops a big elbow on Rey Mysterio. She stares down Mustafa Ali. She then headbutts Mustafa Ali and then eliminates him with a Samoa, Samoan drop over the top rope. Randy Orton then stares down Nia Jax and he goes for the RKO. But Nia blocks it. Nia tells Rey Mysterio to hit the 619. But she cuts him off and she mm-hmm. goes for a Samoan drop on Rey Mysterio. But Dolph Ziggler hits Nia Jax with the super kick. Then Rey Mysterio hits Nia Jax with the 619. Randy Orton gives Nia the RKO. And Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton dump Nia Jax to the apron. And Rey Mysterio kicks her to the floor for the elimination. So before we move on, Miss Didi Janae, what did you think of Nia Jax? Really in, uh, infusing some life into kind of a dull Royal Rumble up until that point. I was very confused. I didn't understand why. I still don't. But I'm not mad at it. <laughs> you know, because our truth at number 30 is not interesting. But Nia Jax at 30. As confusing as it is, is at least a very interesting turn of events. And then he fucking MAGA, all eyes, Orton, and 619 Rey Mysterio end up teaming together to get her out of the paint. That's that's interesting. So, you know, it had its upside. I think everybody expected Dolph Ziggler. I mean, not Dolph Ziggler, but uh, Randy Randy Orton. Orton. Yeah, I think everybody expected Randy Orton to be on some you know, what she's doing in here. 
But yeah, not Ray. But she did do Ray dirty though. She, she did, did Ray dirty, dirty she first. She started with Mustafa first. She bullied our truth to get into the match. <laughs> so it's not like it wasn't deserved and earned, but it's just like, oh, we just we just triple teaming a woman now, huh? Yeah, and it was the you know, first time in forever you actually seen men initiate the violence on the woman. Usually you'll see, you know, the a women guy, Yeah, or like yeah. But or it's an accident that the contact happens when a man hits a woman first, but nah, not in this case. Mm. They did it with intent. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so the final four are Cian Almas, Ziggler, Braun Strowman, and Seth Rollins. I can't believe that uh, Drew McIntyre wasn't a part of this final four. They could have definitely took Dolph Ziggler and substituted him for Drew McIntyre in this. Braun Strowman heads to the outside and he retrieves Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins has been laying on the outside for like 22 minutes after he got slammed through the table. Seeing Almas, Ziggler, and Rollins team up against Braun Strowman and Rollins mm-hmm. connects with a diving splash. Strowman gets back to his feet and he eliminates Seeing Almas. Braun Strowman dumps Dolph Ziggler and, and he, has Roll- he dumps D- Ziggler and Rollins to the apron and then subs Ziggler to the floor and Dolph Ziggler is eliminated. So our final two are Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins drags Braun Strowman to the apron. They brawl on the apron. Rollins hits Strowman with a stomp on the apron. Braun rolls off and he is eliminated. And Seth Rollins is the winner of the men's Royal Rumble match. My Strowman will never get his time until he's like 40. (laughs) <laughs> bad knee stigmatism in his left eye like I just but I'm happy for Seth Seth deserves sure yeah I feel the same way it, it, it feels like the thing they always do by the time Braun gets the title nobody he's not going to be hot no more it's going to be like you damn tease us so many times it's not even going to have the same effect as it would have had these last two times he was in the mix and got pulled out. Mm. So, overall, this is a pretty good event, all in all, pay-per-view-wise. I had fun. The Royal Rumble matches, um, you know, were, were what they were. I thought the women's match was the better of the two, if you had to compare yeah, absolutely. them. Absolutely. So, and that's a major part of this company right now is the women. They're carrying a lot of what's happening on WWE, the, the good parts anyway. Especially the men. Oh, we did we mention what Sasha, not she didn't necessarily do anything, but the motion that Sasha made when she left. Um, oh, yeah. Ronda. Yeah, Rhonda tried to do the good sport, you know, sportsmanship handshake thing. And uh, Sasha flashed to that four horsewoman sign. I'm so, excited. So I'm they, excited. so they, they teasing. My thing is, if if they slayed, if they laid on four horsewomen, we can always do the four horsewomen of Japan. Oh yeah, because they, because they got them. Yeah, they do, they do. 
So we'll get into Monday Night Raw. We'll go through this rather fast. Yes. Uh, we start out with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins talks about his heart, his determination, his passion, his love. He finally realizes his childhood dream. Um, he said he wasn't going to do it, but he said this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance, so he points at the WrestleMania sign. Triple H comes out. He says he's glad that Seth lived the dream, and he pointed at the sign. He said he would have been disappointed because he knew this was Seth's dream. Triple H said he looked in his eye a few months ago and told him to bring back the old Rollins, and that's exactly what he did, and that's why he challenged Seth. So he says he's proud that Seth stepped up, and you know this Royal Rumble is designed to test people's limits. Seth passed the test, and now he has a decision to make. He says he'll give him to the end of the night to figure out who he's going to face. He says that Daniel Bryan is in the building, Brock is in the building, and he needs to know whose ass Seth is going to kick at WrestleMania. That's when Dean Ambrose comes out. Dean says that when him and Seth were riding around Florida driving beat-up cars, Triple H was a hot shot. He said Dean always believed in Seth Rollins, and they promised to take over the WWE together. Uh, He said Triple H never believed in Seth Rollins, but, you know, he did. (laughs) Um, Triple H butts in and says, oh, y'all are brothers? Like, you know, when you stab Seth in the back, while your other brother announced he had leukemia? Dean says that the combo doesn't concern him. Triple H says everything in this ring concerns him. Dean says that Seth is a suck up. He's changed. Look at him. Pure kiss ass. He says, go on. Headline WrestleMania. Dean said he hoped uh, Seth beats Brock or Daniel Bryan. But he says the only person Seth has never been able to beat is Dean Ambrose. Triple H, he smirks. He walks away. And Dean follows him out of the ring and wonders if... Uh, he says that first he he asked him, he said uh, he heard that Triple H had some stroke around here and he wanted a match. So Triple H like smirks and he starts to like walk away like, yeah, whatever. So that's when Dean followed him out of the ring and he asked him if Triple H had to ask permission from his father-in-law first. <laughs> and the crowd was like, yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> so Triple H... He's all pissed. He Dean Ambrose and tested his manhood. So Triple H asked for a ref right now. So we get the match. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. Uh, Dean goes for the dirty deeds. Seth counters with the knee to the face. We get a buckle bomb. Rollins then gets a kick to the chin. Uh, we eventually get the win with uh, Seth Rollins hitting the stomp on Dean Ambrose. We return with Dean Ambrose seated on the chair in the middle of the ring after the commercial. He's about to pull a Batista, if y'all remember that from SmackDown, but he's interrupted by Nia Jackson to Mina. Nia gets in Dean's face. She talks some shit. Dean smirks. <laughs> Tamina stands nearby. Looks like she's about to square up. Dean turns his attention to her, and Nia Jax attacks Dean from behind. Dean is pissed, and the refs hold him back. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> I like this new confidence that Nia Jax has. I don't know where she's got it from lately, but it's been real good. So, we had a uh, qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber. So, we had Tamina and Nia Jax versus Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. Mickey goes for the DDT, Nia shoves her away, then she has Mickey on her shoulders. 
Alexa climbs to the top rope. Nia turns her attention to her. Alexa is scared. Nia then grabs Alexa and puts her on top of Mickey on top of her shoulders. Nia does a squat and then she hits a double Samoan drop. Nia makes the pin and Tamia, Tamina and Nia Jax move on to the Elimination Chamber match to be a part of the uh, you know tag team championship match for the women. I think they would have to be the favorites, don't you think, Miss Didi Jeanne? Oh, I'm sitting up here talking to the world. Yes. yes. <laughs> they would be the favorites. I'm like, why are you not answering? <laughs> yeah, they should definitely uh, be the odds on favorites to start out. Uh, we have Kurt Angle. We go through a little uh, vignette video package of the last year. Uh, he says that he took the loss very hard to Drew McIntyre, but he says tonight he's only worried about Baron Corbin. Before the match, Corbin says that Angle is one of the greatest of all time. He won a gold medal with a broken neck, and he knows that Angle has one more great match in him, and these people make him believe it, but it's just not true. They don't care. When he hurts Kurt, it will all be their fault. And uh, Corbin said he's going to, and then Kurt Angle punches Corbin in the face and the match starts. Uh, Corbin is in the ankle lock. He reaches for the ropes. Uh, He makes a turn and he kicks Kurt Angle away. He hits the deep six to Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin gets the win. Finn Balor, he makes his way to the ring. Finn says he went toe-to-toe with Brock last night, but Brock Lesnar beat him. Then Brock beat him again. Finn says he never felt the speed and power like what he felt at the Royal Rumble, and today he's hurting. He says he's not standing here with his head hanging low, wobbling to and fro. He said, no, it's held high like diamonds in the sky. Okay. He said last night Brock beat him, and then he beat him again because he made Brock Lesnar believe. Well, Bobby Lashley, he takes offense. He comes out with the IC title and Leo Rush. Leo calls Finn a twerp and says, it's a shame he got a chance at the universal title. You know, it's a shame (laughs) that eight seconds Bobby Lashley was in the Royal Rumble. (laughs) That was a shame. Lashley then kicks Finn in the gut and then he gives him like four or five of those choke slam spine buster things he does. Eight seconds. (laughs) Like he had too much baby oil on his hands and he went to grab the rope and it slipped off and he went right to the outside. You're not gonna convince me that was on purpose. I swear that was on accident. <laughs> swear it was. Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, they face off against the revival. We get a video of 2008 when Ryder and Hawkins won the tag team titles for the first time. What'd you think about that, DD? Zach Ryder with no beard. Um I'm beer gang, so I'm not a fan. <laughs> we get uh, a tag uh, from Wilder to Dawson. Hawkins doesn't see it. He hits the ropes. The rival hit the shatter machine, and they get the win. Backstage, Daniel Bryan's here. He's got Big Air rowing with him. Bryan is stopped and asked if he thinks Seth Rollins can beat him if he were to choose him for WrestleMania match. Daniel Bryan says Seth supports air pollution by his continuous chance of burning it down. Bryan says he won't wait until Mania. 
Daniel will end all of Seth's hopes tonight. Oh, man. Him and this damn save the planet shit is hilarious. Did you it's s- necessary. Okay. You didn't see it, but for the Royal, because you know this was took place at like a baseball stadium, right? So, you know, every year, yeah. baseball concessions, they always come up with some crazy new like gimmick yeah. thing, right? Yeah, the food. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So they came up with this Royal Rumble thing, which was like some type of like, it looked like a shish kebab on the hamburger bun though. And it was like had onion rings and all types of shit on it. Man, Daniel Bryan cuts this promo about it on the pre-show. This shit is golden where he's just talking about in Chase Field. I can't believe you. You're going to have 40,000 people in here indulgent and all of this. And he starts naming all types of, you know, bad stuff, cholesterol, this and all that. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Is it the Royal Rumble Burger? Yes, it is. Did you see it? Um, Are you looking it up? I'm looking it up. You know, the Googles, when you need things, <laughs> they move very slow. So once you look at it, Interrupt me and we'll go back. To oh, it. bitch. <laughs> what is this? An 18 ounce pork patty. Okay, 18 ounces of pork bratwurst patty topped with cheddar cheese, applewood smoked bacon, crispy coleslaw, fried onions, and barbecue aioli. Still not enough? Don't worry. It's also served on an onion roll. And garnished with fried mac and cheese wedges. Nigga. <laughs> Sounds like the itis. True be told. If you if you take that down by like half, that could be a move. But what am I gonna do with 18 ounces of pork bratwurst? No. Take but a like, take a nap. Like six ounces? Let's talk. <laughs> Yeah, so he he cuts a great promo about that. Yeah, sandwich. he wasn't wrong about that. <laughs> Elias is here. Mm-hmm. He says hello. Mm-hmm. And he's curious as to the number of people that would like to walk with him. Mm-hmm. Me. <laughs> Quite a few people would like to walk with him. Mm-hmm. Elias says that he has been testing all of us and we have let him down. Aww. We need to be better. And by the time we hear the guitar strum, we should be on our feet, giving him a standing ovation, cheering wildly <laughs> with signs across the globe. We are in the presence of greatness. His name is Elias, and he says, hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Elias is interrupted by Jeff Jarrett. He calls Elias slap nuts, and he thinks Elias is going to come out here and just have a little concert after smacking him with a guitar last night. He says, Elias better not worry about having a problem with these people because Elias has a problem with him. You want him to spell it out? Well, he will, and he does. So just as Jeff Jarrett begins, you know, his spelling bee, the music of the road dog hits. (laughs) (laughs) He does his little spelling of his name, too. And he's wearing a Becky Lynch demand shirt. The road dog wants to get something straight. Elias only wants to perform for himself. He tells Elias to play with yourself on your own time. And one more thing. If Elias isn't down with that, they've got two words for him. So as the road dog and Jeff Jarrett 
they want to sing for God and everyone. The music hits, and they start in with, with my baby tonight. Road Dog tries to include Renee, but she don't know the words. Then they sing their way down to the ring. Elias sneaks behind the Road Dog and hits him with the guitar. I cackled. That was hilarious. Jared, he's on the offense, getting some revenge for the Road Dog. He blocks some rights, and he hits some of his own. He goes for the guitar, but Elias hits him in the gut, and Elias mm-hmm. grabs the guitar. Elias hits Jeff Jarrett across the back with it in the crowd. They still love Elias. Of course. So Elias turned heel. He turned back heel during this. Did you notice? Did he really? Yeah. If everybody loves it, are you really a heel? Because <laughs> he said he wasn't singing for us no more. He was singing for himself. Okay, well, as long as he's singing. <laughs> Natty's backstage getting her cardio up. Dana Brooke is going to be her partner. She says that she won't let Natty down tonight. And she says that she is just as good as Ember Moon. Hold up now. Natty says that what matters the most is that they try their hardest to win. Dana says that she's better than Ember, but she is also better than Natty. Okay. And Dana wonders if Natty is coming out or not. Uh, they have a Mojo Riley uh, vignette where he's uh, talking to himself in the mirror, hyping himself up. So we'll see where this leads to. Nowhere. <laughs> Dana Brooke and Natalia versus Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. This is another Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Liv misses a splash. Then Natty hits a rope-assisted leg drop. Natty then runs across her back, but Ruby distracts Natalia, and Liv is there to grab Natalia and roll her up for the three count. Ronda Rousey, she's here to issue an open challenge. She says, if you can't dream big, ridiculous dreams, then what's the use of dreaming at all? And the crowd starts to boo the hell out of her. She Best said, moment of the night. She said last year she stepped into the ring for the first time at the Royal Rumble, at the All-Women's Royal Rumble. She said she dreamed big. A year later, she stands before us as our champion. The <laughs> crowd is booing even louder. <laughs> Ronda says that Sasha gave her the fight of her life. She has more passion and desire than anyone, and she likes to thank Sasha Banks. Uh, basically, she changes gears. She says you know, she points to the Mania sign crowd still not happening (laughs) she says she knows becky lynch is watching and she has a choice to make oh why she say that because everybody starts (laughs) chatting becky (laughs) uh so Rhonda is clearly thrown off she just kind of pauses for a second and right when she's about to drown bailey comes out (laughs) bailey says she isn't becky lynch but she's one half of the boston hug connection she's bailey and she tells Rhonda that she must be out here for a fight. And if she is, then Bailey wants the title shot now. Mm-hmm. So Bailey versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's title. Bailey heads to the top rope. She dives. She hits the elbow drop to Ronda. And then the bank statement. <laughs> the crowd, they're loving it. Ronda reaches <laughs> for the ropes. She crawls and she gets there. Bailey holds it in until the four count and she releases. Bailey's showing a little bit of frustration. 
Bailey sets Rhonda up on the top rope. Rhonda floats down. She punches Bailey a few times. Bailey kicks Rhonda off. Rhonda rushes up to the top. She rolls Bailey off the corner. She locks on the armbar. And Bailey has to tap. Hmm. That's sad. Rhonda shakes Bailey's hand. Then, you know, she's heading to the back in frustration. Then all of a sudden, Becky Lynch's music hits. The crowd goes wild. The crowd goes banana. Becky gets on the mic. She says, look at this. The man is back on Raw. (laughs) She tells Ronnie that she told her she'd find her way back to her. Not Ronnie. (laughs) That's probably why I got the noise complaint. (laughs) (laughs) For about a year now, she's been hearing about this baddest woman on the planet. But the last time she came to Ronnie's show, she Mm -hmm. dropped her right here in the middle of the ring. And even even after that, Rhonda never came looking for her to prove that she was the baddest. (laughs) So Becky's come looking for her to prove that she isn't. Last night, she won the Royal Rumble match. And unlike Seth Rollins, she doesn't need much time to think. She says she chooses Ronda Rousey. And at WrestleMania, she's going to break her mystique, take her title, and kick her ass in front of the whole world. Ronnie, I told you I'd find a way back to you again. Now, for about a year now, I've been hearing about this baddest woman on the planet. But the last time I came to your show, I dropped you right there. And even after that, you never came looking for me to prove that you're the baddest. So, Ronnie, I've come looking for you to prove you're not. And you've heard about this, but last night I won the Royal Rumble match. And... Unlike Seth Rollins, I don't need much time to think. I choose you. Oh, yeah! WrestleMania, I am going to break your mystique. I am going to take your title. And I am going to kick your ass in front of the whole world. Um, That's basically where the segment ended in in my book. But then, like, uh, Rhonda did have a retort and was talking about, you know... She'd been a mainstream star for like 10 years it, it, and she could kill Rhonda. I mean, kill Becky with her bare hands. And it wasn't as good as what Becky did. Uh, and Becky had the nerve to look so unbothered by all of it that it made it even worse. Like, <laughs> uh, it was just so embarrassing. It was like, don't take the mat. Like, don't take, the, just, just, if you're going to talk shit, just talk shit. Don't talk shit on a microphone. You don't have the skill set. 
that ain't in your repertoire yet. It was just so bad. It was just like, oh. How popular is Becky Lynch right now? Let me tell you what. If they get to WrestleMania and it's still a one-on-one match like it should be, and Ronda comes out the winner, they might riot. Yeah, they might throw stuff. They, like it, it might not be like it might be a problem, <laughs> like a big problem. <laughs> like you know how bad they are when it was like when it came to Roman. It it's looking like it's gonna be much worse. Exactly. Like much much worse. So, Corona ain't even do nothing, and they turned it on her. Yeah, all she's no- doing is talking. But but no nobody likes a Mary Sue. Nobody likes a winner who wins all the time. So if you hand her this win over the man, oh, oh it's gonna be all bad. Ooh, they're gonna do it too because the WWE don't let themselves. Oh, that's gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's gonna be a sight to see. We'll see what happens. That better be the last match of the night, or else they're not going. Ooh, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. we'll see how it goes. Oh, I did want to mention the conspiracy theory that when Becky was on, no, when Bailey was on her way out and Becky was on her way in, they flashed each other the four horsemen signal. I didn't see it. They didn't show it. On, they didn't show it on TV. But yes, yeah, yeah, she did. She did. Yes, it's a thing. You know what? That would actually be funny. Even though I feel like Becky could win on her own, if we found out later after all of this, Charlotte was in that match, and then they scammed to both beat her. <laughs> That'd be funny. They're not gonna do that though, because Charlotte's evil. But that'd be funny. Keep Charlotte Flair away from this match. Oh, she my doesn't gosh. need to be in the match. She I love her as she is right now, which is bitchy heel Charlotte. Because why wouldn't you be obnoxious? You should be obnoxious. Right. And she's great at it. But I love it. But they're gonna put her in it. Well, maybe they won't. But it's like that they've been hitting around it and it's and again, everybody says no, but the WWE don't listen. So we'll see. Seth is backstage. Braun Braun Strowman walks up to him. He tells Seth he earned it last night. They shake hands. Braun tells Seth to make the right choice and make it count. Braun, he's wrestling against Drew McIntyre. Baron Corbin ends up attacking Braun from behind for the disqualification. Corbin attacks Braun with the chair. He smacks him a few times. He goes for a third time, but Braun punches the chair away from Corbin. We get a right-handed Corbin. Then he tosses Corbin into the barricade. Uh, then Braun tosses Corbin to the steps. Braun rushes around the ring and he hits a tackle on Drew McIntyre. Uh, he hits another one on Baron Corbin. Braun isn't done. He grabs the steps and drags him over to Corbin as the, ch- as the crowd chants one more time. Strowman grabs Corbin and sends him headfirst into the steps. He does it again. He turns right into a Claymore kick from Drew. Drew and Corbin stand proud. Braun starts to move a little like he's going to get up and that concerns them. They double team choke slam Braun on the to the steps and lay Braun out. My baby deserves better. 
Yeah, he's definitely had a, a rough uh, about three months here, being injured and not getting his title match and hadn't been the best look for old Braun. We come back from the commercial to Seth Rollins being announced to come to the ring. Brock Lesnar music hits. Heyman comes out. He claims that uh, this is the easiest choice of Seth's life. It's so easy to make choices when you don't have any options. Seth only has one, and that's Daniel Bryan, because the last thing anyone wants to do is get into a fight with Brock Lesnar. It takes a special kind of being to withstand the beating that can be delivered by the beast, especially when you get into his house at WrestleMania and try to take away from him what is rightfully, and then we hear, burn it down. <laughs> Rollins ain't here to talk. He attacks Brock. We get a kick to Brock and another. Says Rollins hits the ropes and F5. Brock stands up. He looks down at Seth. The refs come out to help, <laughs> but they think twice as Brock picks up Seth and F5. Then we get another F5 and another F5 <laughs> and then another F5. Seth screams, is that all you got? And then Brock walks over to him and gives him another F5. The premise of this entire program tonight is absurd because this should be the easiest decision of Seth Rollins' life. It's so easy to make choices when you really don't have any options. And Seth Rollins only has one option for WrestleMania. And that is to go to WrestleMania and challenge for the championship, Daniel Bryan. Hey, don't boo me. This is for Seth Rollins' own good. And you have to admit, they'll have a great grappling match and they'll put on a sports entertainment clinic because the last thing Seth Rollins nor anybody else on this planet wants to do is to get into a fight with the beast Brock Lesnar Lesnar is so intimidating. Oh, Rollins went right after the base. And Seth Rollins to the midsection. The injured midsection of Lesnar. And Rollins down with a kick. And Seth Rollins has an opportunity. But he's picked oh, out of no. mid-hour by Brock. And Brock with it at five. Rollins went for a stomp. And Brock Lesnar with an F5. And now a second one to the winner of the Men's Royal Rumble match. You can't be surprised at the outcome. Uh, Third F5! Is a helpless, defenseless Lesnar laying waste to the Kingslayer. And that is what the Universal Champion does. Come on, Brock! Nobody's going to stop him. Who's going to stop him? 
Brock Lesnar does what he wants, what he wants in a fourth and perhaps most effective and massive F5. This rate, Seth Rollins won't even make it to WrestleMania. I think that was the point by the champion. Yeah, look at the title set. That's what Brock's saying, because this is as close as you're going to get to it. Lesnar with another F5 on the title. I think Brock Lesnar's point, his statement is crystal clear. Seth Rollins, you can head to WrestleMania, but don't you dare step to the Beast's throne. And Brock Lesnar, the beast, angry as he's ever been before, with another F5! And that's how your Monday Night Raw ended. Hmm. Well, how was it for you? <laughs> that last part was a little excessive, but up until then, it was a pretty good show. Yeah. I would say so. I liked it. Look at Raw trying to be good for once. I know, right? You know what? You know what brought it over the top, right? When the man come around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. So, speaking of the man, let's mm-hmm. head over to your SmackDown Matters report as quickly as I can. SmackDown, I believe, is still at. Everything is in Phoenix. Yep. Still in Phoenix. So Becky's there. She says she couldn't resist looking at Ronnie and her angry little. Hold on. Can we talk about the fact that I've been spelling Ronda Rousey's name wrong the whole time? No, that's what Becky calls her. He's no, no, no. Oh, no, you no. mean the way you spell it? With her, the H? her real name. Like, there ain't no H in it. Yeah. How is I supposed to know there ain't no H in Ronda? Ah, we should have known she was black. That's some black people shit. <laughs> anyway, Becky said she couldn't resist looking Ronnie in her angry little eyes and confirm how different they are. She said she doesn't crumble when she loses. She said she won the Royal Rumble match on one good leg. And also, she's proud of coming from nothing and all the heads she slapped to get here today. And from being on the pre-show last year, WrestleMania, to the main event this year. And nobody has handed her nothing. Because we all know Ronnie to handed everything. But also a person who got, t- got handed a lot is Charlotte Flair. She comes out at the end of Becky's speech. She takes credit for teaching Becky the lessons that took her to the main event. She says she's happy for Becky. It's very sarcastic. Becky doesn't buy it. Smacks her down. And by smack her down, we mean like a right punch to the face. It was Man, great. I was watching. I had to work on Tuesday. Mm. So I had to watch this, the uh, J to the Max edition mm. late night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh my God, when she Charlotte's talking that shit. Mm-hmm. Becky's just standing there, and I thought she was gonna like say something slick to her, mm-hmm. but she just kind of rubbed her chin. And Charlotte thought she got that good line in, yeah. and then she just punched her in her jaw. And man, I almost woke the whole house up. Like, <laughs> oh my god! I was like, that's the reason why she is the best thing in wrestling right now. Yeah, because that's what normal people would do. Talk shit, get hit. <laughs> them is, is rules all over the place. Suburbs, hood, all of it. Hell, even the rich people. You remember when that 
them two rich ass neighbors was going at it and the other one beat the shit out of his neighbor. Mm-hmm. Listen, talk shit, get hit. Alright, so she talked shit, she got hit. Becky did what nobody should ever do, however, and that was walk away and turn her back. So of course Charlotte runs up the ramp, they get the brawling. Um it's it's pretty even. You see Charlotte on the stairs kind of mocking her at the end, but like they they willing to go at it. It's lit. Uh back from commercial, there's a match, Shinsuke versus R Truth for the US championship. We can cut out all the all the this and that. All you need to know is that R Truth reversed a landslide attempt into a roll up for a three count. And he is the new U.S. champion. This looked sure. like it was a mistake, but then it didn't look like it was a mistake. I don't know what the hell was going on here. All I know oh, is that Archie's won the belt. He won the belt. They said he won the belt. They did it in slow-mo. I looked at it, and I was like, I don't know about it, but oh, okay. All right. So Rusev and Lana come out. Rusev isn't happy. He took the title from Nakamura to begin with because it deserved better, and it definitely deserves better than our truth first of all. Hold up, now. Calm down. Oh, hold up, now. Get it together. Let's be nice. He asked for a match right now. Carmella shows Lana, and Rusev looked like he wanted to get on Carmella, but then he just shows our truth and Truth tells the referee to put it on the line, and we all collectively go, oh, he's going to be a three-minute champion. Gasp. However... Our truth is the mood. So even though Rusev had him in a chin lock and hit a move in a corner, our truth got a roll up for three, and our truth is still the champion. Yay! So he's gonna be an at least one day champion. What an icon! I live. However, Nakamura comes back to ringside. He attacks Truth. Then Rusev hits him with some stomps, and they double team him. Him being our truth. Then there's a Mashka kick and a Kinshasa. So he's the winner, but he did not come out on top at the end of it. And just like they've always said about butt folks, got to be mm-hmm. twice as good, you know, to get half, to get half, as, to much. Get half as much. R-Truth had to take twice as much of ass whooping as anybody did just to win one mm-hmm. belt. Mm-hmm. And had to get bullied by nine the night before or two nights before. Damn. But, like he said, when they asked him how he feeling, he fine because he's the United States champion. Damn right. Um, <laughs> Becky's in the back. She's getting ready to leave the arena. Kayla Braxton, not related to the mother Braxton, asked her what she doing. She's like, I'm not having no doctors check me. I'm not spending any more time on the shelf. I'm going to the hotel. Bye. Which, smart. Uh, next, Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe. Zelina of the Vegas is mad. Because Ray had her banned from ringside last week. Andrade comes out and attacks Ray from behind. He hits the two amigos. Ray blocks the th- third amigo and he goes for the 619, which is blocked by Andrade. Andrade is the only person I've seen who routinely blocks the 619. I'm a fan of that. There's a hammer like DDT, which puts Ray down. My thing says Ray Mysterio versus Samoa Joe. I'm sorry. It was supposed to be. Mysterio- no, no. It was supposed to be Ray Mysterio versus Samoa Joe, but then Selena Vega came out there. Before some they just be doing whatever they want to. Mm-hmm. And then Andrade came from the blind. Yeah, Andrade came from the blind side, and he was in a suit too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know that's what we do on SmackDown. We kind of just make up our own rules. 
Sometimes it works. The Good Brothers, Gallows, and Anderson are outraged over Rusev's actions. Just plain outraged. And so, you know, they be trying to get a fight on. So Nakamura so, comes up and he's like, huh? Uh, How do you feel about the Good Brothers coming to the defense of R-Truth? I'll be a fake-ass good guy. Fuck out of here. <laughs> they shouldn't be yeah. an ally. Yeah, okay. Sure. Sure. I ain't never seen you do a dance break. You ain't no damn ally. <laughs> but yeah, your heart in the right place. Better than all lives. Sure. Whatever. So basically, he's like, Rusev, you're not supposed to be like this. You ain't supposed to act like that. Blah, blah, blah. Rusev's like, I'll be both your asses. I'm extrapolating. So Nakamura comes over and he's like, well, we fighting? It's lit. And so Rusev's like, listen, we'll fight together. We'll face them. You better not screw me over. And, you know, Nakamura's like, sure, I speak English. I'll, I'll, I'll be nice. Whatever. Nakamura's my favorite. I'm never going to get over I don't speak English. It's <laughs> never been a better line. Hopefully they they make a concentrated effort to make this run stand out with the title this time. They started out really strong when he first got it. Then they kind of tapered off. Hopefully they can keep it consistent this time. Yeah. Um, Shane and Miz come out for their tag team celebration. Um, Shane has been thinking of ways to repay Miz and promises to give him a night he will never forget. There's a video recapping the story of Shane and Miz as the best tag team in the world, achieving their dreams and becoming tag champs. Shane introduces everybody to Miz's dad, George Mizanin. For me, it would be more interesting if he introduced the world to Coral. Just me, though. The fans <laughs> chant Mr. Miz. Shane hands the mic to George. George says he loves the Miz and is proud of his son. Shane announces that he and the Miz will defend the titles against the winners in a four-way tag match that will go down next. All right. In the back, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville announced their candidacy for the Women's Tag Team Championship to Kayla Braxton. Again, not of the other Braxtons. Can I do an interjection? Sarah Logan of the Red Brand was kind of pissed that Mandy and um, Sonya got to just be like, yeah, we're going to be in the match. Oh, Sasha Banks was pissed too. She she uh, she was like declared yeah. <laughs> with like a question mark. <laughs> yeah, like just I'm gonna do that. <laughs> like I don't have to fight for it. I don't. There's no semifinal, quarterfinal, none of that. I'm just I'm gonna be in the match. Yeah, y'all are really just making up y'all's own rules around SmackDown, huh? We do, we do. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, so Kayla's doing her interview thing, and she's like, "Why are you so angry?" And Naomi, it's clear you hate her, but why do you hate her? And Mandy tells us, no, it's not because of anything that happened anytime soon. This is deep-seated from 2015 when Naomi called Mandy weak on an episode of Tough Enough. Who even remember that Mandy was on Tough Enough? I didn't. So they show the video clip of, of Naomi being a critiquer, not even being harsh. But Sonya's like, no, no, no. Naomi was way harsh off camera. And apparently, Naomi ruined Mandy's relationship at the time because whatever she said hurt Mandy so much that Mandy started crying all the time. And her boyfriend was like, oh my God, shut the fuck up with your tears. And she couldn't. And so he left her. So Mandy hates Naomi and Mandy is trying to ruin Naomi's relationship with Jimmy because Naomi ruined her relationship with the boyfriend who told her to shut the fuck up. That ain't how she said it, but that's what it is. Man. 
they really threw a monkey wrench in this. After they did all that good work at the Royal Rumble, all they had to come back with was Naomi being mad that not only did this chick try to get at my man, but she also cost me my chance at the title with the Royal Rumble. That should have been yeah. the promo, not Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Yeah. I guess that somebody was just like, why do we care so much? <laughs> like, why are, like, why are you? Like, what is your problem with Naomi? And Tell like, me why you mad, me. son. And I was like, oh, why am I mad? And they were like, I know. She was harsh that one episode. And <laughs> it's like, Anytime your whole narrative is like she was way worse off camera. Oh, okay. Sure. Sure. But speaking of the Usos, the Usos in the bar and the New Day and Heavy Machinery have a match. Kofi and Biggie are wrestling for the New Day. They come in. Everybody goes crazy. Dozier and Tucker. Who the hell are they? Oh, Heavy Machinery. machinery. I was like, what are these names? I've never heard of them. Lil Otis. The Big Ginger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Dozer and Tucker hit the compact. Oh, because machinery on Kofi and the new tears eliminated. Gasp. Jimmy tags in, crossbodies Tucker for two. Seamus tags in, Rogue kicks Tucker for the three count. So heavy machinery are out. That leaves okay. you with the Usos now, and the new and the bar. What you can always tell who they think, especially on the new team, mm-hmm. who they think the star of the team is by who gets pinned and who doesn't. So, so Who's the star? Otis. Yeah, so every time Heavy Machinery's yeah. lost, Tucker's taking the pin so far. The big one. The, the, tall the one, taller one. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Something about him doesn't look as charismatic. Like, he's a big guy, and it's great, but he just kind of se- he seems boring. He has a spirit of boredom in him. Yeah, Otis. That's okay. Otis Dozovich is going to go far, just off charisma alone. Everybody can't be hype. Everybody can't be the new day where you got three people giving you all of that activity. Yeah. It can be exhausting. But back to the match. There's a flying Uso. One flies onto Sid Sorrow on the outside. Another splashes splashes Sheamus in the ring. And the Usos get the win and a shot at Shane and Miz at Elimination Chamber. That should be a fun match. I'm sure there'll be some monkey wrench where the Usos don't win. Or maybe they will because why the hell is Shane a champion? I digress. WWE champion promo time. Daniel Bryan asks who won at the Royal Rumble. The fans chant Becky. Because <laughs> that's the only answer that matters. But Daniel Bryan says everybody and the children won as Daniel Bryan is the Planet champion. We told you he's Captain Planet. He doesn't expect us to understand as we don't know what winning is like. But he's found somebody that does. Eric Rowan is indeed that man, and he has a backpack. He's an enlightened man of the earth. He's an intellectual peer of Daniel Bryan, and that's how he can see through the facade of the people and of AJ Styles. Um, Daniel Bryan. Hold on. Uh When he came out Uh on his Titan Tron, the O in his name was like the recycling symbol. (laughs) Sometimes the WWE don't miss a trick. Oh, you, that's clever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's all Daniel Bryan. I'm pretty sure he is like being is, taking a fine tooth comb over every so, little part of this story. So clever. Whoever did it, give them a raise. That's great. Daniel Bryan points out <clears throat> that AJ was right to call Daniel Bryan a hypocrite as Daniel Bryan carries around a symbol of excess that is bound to the skin of a cow whose life was taken from her. Daisy was her name. The fans chant Daisy. Daisy. 
had the ability to enjoy joy and pain and was forced to give her life for a symbol. The very thing that Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan stand against. Daniel Bryan tosses Daisy the ring, the the belt into the garbage can and calls it trash. To change the world, you need to change the symbols. So the fans chant goodbye, Daisy. Eric Rowan unveils a new WWE championship from his backpack. The new symbol of excellence, the new WWE championship, it looks like it's made of wood. I happen to know that it's hemp. And here's what's so funny. I was only barely paying attention and I heard like sustainable. I was like, oh, it's made out of hemp. And then I went online and sure enough, they had like the breakdown of what the belt actually is. First thing, hemp. All hemp. And it's just like, could you be, could you be any more Washington State? Like, no, you couldn't. It's the on fans, brand. It's on character. Like he, he knows he is well thought out. He is a whole person. The fans chant, burn it down. He can because, you know, it's biodegradable. Daniel Bryan informs us it's made of hemp. See? Gets the people excited because hemp has something vaguely to do with weed. And, you know, y'all know how y'all are. AJ Styles as well. As he appears on the entranceway, AJ asked Daniel Bryan if he smoked the prototype to that championship. Get it? Yeah, told you. Before AJ can dig too much into the situation, Randy Orton makes his appearance. Mustafa comes out after the commercial. And Randy points out that Mustafa got tossed out by Nia Jax on Sunday. Jeff Hardy comes out, or he's already there, and Samoa Joe's out and says he wants to put everybody to sleep. Daniel, Bryan, and Rowan exit stage right while Joe talks about putting Ali's symbol ass asleep. This is how it happened. Samoa Joe was on the outside of the ring, and he is slowly walking his ass into the ring. On the very opposite side, Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan are slowly walking their asses right back out of that ring. <laughs> it, was, it was like Real smooth. One is going in and the other two are coming right ass out. Like they didn't want no smoke. They didn't want to be in nobody's crosshairs. Smart people. We gotta acknowledge the ether that Samoa Joe laid on Jeff Hardy. Uh he was like, What do you say? Make like you when you go to your AA meetings and don't say nothing. Yeah, because he's he was about to say something. He was like, Hold on, Jeff, you need to be quiet. Treat this like an AA meeting and I'm sharing. <laughs> It's just so rude. And, you know, as much as I don't like him, all lives is king of reaction. Because when Samoa Joe said that, he collapsed onto himself. (laughs) Even Jeff Jeff Hardy had to turn away. He broke him. Like, that that is just a thing to say. It's like, damn. (laughs) My God. Their reaction lets me know that Samoa Joe be making that shit up on the fly. Or or at least he did that night. There's... There's nobody back there who would have thought to say anything like that. When somebody might have wrote for him was to ask AJ, how's Wendy doing? So when that happens, they all get to fighting. Daniel Bryan says he will be the champion. No one will get, no one man will get a shot at the 10 pounds of him. So Triple H comes on the Titan Tron. Remember when it was called the Jumbotron? Good times. <laughs> Triple H confirms on the Titan Tron that Daniel Bryan will not defend that title against one man. No, no, no. He will defend it against all of the men who are currently in the ring in the Elimination Chamber. This, Daniel Bryan screams no. But the fans scream yes. And they're still fighting. <laughs> Let me ask you something, Daniel. Did you smoke 
the prototype to that championship you have around you? No! And for someone who doesn't like big corporations, you went out and found the biggest insurance policy I have ever seen. So, so far it's Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and Mustafa Ali who've all come out here wanting a piece of the WWE hey. Champion Daniel Bryan. Everybody out, out here Joe. talking about waiting in lines, asking for permission. I ain't asking for permission. I came to put a champion to sleep. And I suggest all four of you get out of my way. And trust me, Randy, I know I need to size up with you. And when I defang the Viper, trust me, ain't going to come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking, Jeff. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the group. And AJ, hey, man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Oh, and AJ Styles, finally this thing pops Whoa, off. I don't care how much you guys fight, none of you, oh. none of you are getting an opportunity at this. Oh my God. Because I am going to be the WWE Champion forever. Not a single one of you is going to get an opportunity at this. You see this? Daniel Bryan. Daniel. Daniel. Daniel, yeah, up here. Hey, I just wanted to confirm for you and the world that you are correct. You will not be taking on any one of those WWE superstars. You, Daniel Bryan, will be defending the WWE Championship against all of those WWE superstars. And you will do it inside the elimination chamber. And that's it. So, your thoughts on the new championship belt? It's horrific. <laughs> it's <laughs> ugly. It's hemp, and I know it's turquoise. I don't know what else it is. It said, um, like, it's rocks or stones or something, he said. Yeah, turquoise, turquoise is rocks, so I'm sure he probably put some quartz up in there. <laughs> Shiny rocks. But it, it's ugly, but it fits the... It, it fits where we're going. We're, we're trying to be eco-friendly, you know? And it's been a while since we had a specific belt for a specific champion. Yeah, I think the other problem with it is it's brown. Like, the belt <laughs> is just so brown. Like, there's a picture of it on the WWE Instagram. And when you look at it up close, you can see more of the blue of the turquoise. But at the end of the day, it's a damn brown belt. It's it's brown. And, you know, brown don't sparkle like gold sparkles. So it looks, it's, it looks, I don't even know what it looks like. <laughs> It looks like the belt that a vegan would want to carry yeah, around. I mean, yeah. Because you got to imagine, gold isn't, you know, but gold, you know, maybe the melting process is a problem. It can't have diamonds because they, what if they're conflict diamonds? You know, like, so you, you got to do these things to be who you said you're going to be. It's just so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lord, I'm trying to see if I can find recycled materials. An, e- <laughs> an eco-source trap. The new oh oh the new belt is made from hemp and wood from a naturally fallen oak tree. That means nobody went and cut the damn oak tree down. They found one that was already down and just cut some slices out of it. <laughs> oh, that's horrific. It's so great, though. I love it. What did you feel about SmackDown this week? Uh, actually, I w- I'll be honest. I'll, I, Raw, Raw was better. If only for the reaction of the crowd and Ronda Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was great. All right. So we'll get into our last review. This won't take long. Uh, NXT uh, after the takeover shows is more like a recap show. We did have two matches. We had Io Shirai and Kari Sane, the Sky Pirates versus Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir. Io Shirai fights out of a dragon sleeper from Shafir and hits a modified version of the Brian Kendrick. She gets the hot tag to the Pirate Princess, and she hits Dragon Screw Leg Whips and Bronco Busters. Kari follows with the spear, and then Duke is kicked to the outside by Eo. Eo assists with an elbow drop, then Kari, uh, then Eo Shirai, excuse me, dives onto Jessman Duke on the outside. Kari Sane hits the insane elbow off the top rope, and Eo Shirai and Kari Sane get the win. We have a Johnny Takeover interview after he won the title at Takeover. Johnny says he delivered a match of the year. He also delivered a win, and winning feels great. Bianca Belair is backstage after her loss to Shayna. She says that being undefeated is a mindset. And then Bianca addressed Sam Roberts in his comments about the moment of the title match being too big for her. So she, she had some words for him, DD. Mm-hmm. Good. He deserves all the words. War Raiders, they did an interview. Uh, they talked about how the Undisputed Era has earned their respect, but their era has ended. Matt Riddle, he tells Kathy that he broke Ono tonight and will break anybody else that tries to test him. And then we get a recap of the NXT Championship match, and then that's followed by the big pull-apart and, and Shawn Michaels announcing that they're going to have the uh, halftime heat six-man tag team match. And then we get our second match of the evening, the Street Profits versus the Forgotten Sons, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake. Blake gets hit with a blockbuster doomsday device, but Cutler breaks up the count. Jackson Riker takes Montez Ford out on the outside, and Dawkins wants to get him some, but he doesn't get any since Wesley Blake hits the Tope Suicida. The Memory Remains, which is a reverse DDT assisted by a double stomp on the Dawkins, and... The Forgotten Sons get the win. That was a big boo. Street Profits look sharp though. They had some all red gear. Kayla was wearing red. It was a it was a look. So that was NXT for this week. Just a recap show, two matches. Um the new, you know, stuff starts next week, so check that out, folks. So Miss D at this time. Mm-mm. I'm going to turn it over to you for shout-outs, thank-yous, and all that good stuff. Oh, shout-out to everybody who used the hashtags, you know, say no to pre-shows, Rumblecast, TakeoverCast, or whatever it was. Cast, Overcast. TakeOver. 
cast takeover over you know all, I don't, child, we got all the cast cast I don't know shout out to Greg shout out to Sam no shout out to the other Sam but shout out to our Sam shout out to Jade always shout out to Mel because Mel always gets shout outs and apparently all the gingers live in Pittsburgh so might have to make a trip shout out to all my ladies of glow including Angelina and all the other girls who were using the hashtag on Sunday. Shout out to Will Sleep, though. She's the one who hates everything, and I love it about her. It's great. Um, yeah, and it was fun just talking to everybody. So shout out to everybody on the hashtag, so on and so forth. Thank you, Miss Didi Jonet. I'd like to give a shout out to you, of course, for joining me on this week's edition of The WrestleCast. I'd like to give a shout out to Greg and Sam as well. And just like Miss Dijonet, thank you to everybody who was involved in the live tweets this weekend. Greatly appreciated your participation, all of your commentary with color. Um, the memes, the gifts um, definitely made the experience much more enjoyable over the weekend and on Monday and Tuesday as well. Uh, please support the uh, WrestleCast and the CSPN by going over to our Patreon page and signing up to become a Backstage Pass member to gain access to our exclusive content. That's patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media, and you can check out our exclusive content over there. You can also support our sponsors by going to CSPN.us, clicking on the tab at the top of the page that says Keep Our Podcast Free. Scroll down to support one of our many sponsors from Amazon, Blue Apron, Busted Tees, Audible, so there's something for everybody. So please support the CSPN. Help keep our podcast free each and every week. Uh, check out Halftime Heat. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this weekend, my New Japan fans on the 2nd and the 3rd of February. So I think that's Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the New Beginning shows are going to be taking place. So please use the hashtag uh, cast of strong style to share your commentary with color on New Japan. So those matches would be pretty cool. Also, check out the Kushida versus um, Tanahashi match. It was the last match uh, that Kushida wrestled for New Japan before he heads over to WWE. So that was a really fun match and uh, a match that Kushida asked for because he said he never wrestled uh, Tanahashi one-on-one. And so they made it happen for him. So that was pretty cool. For my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Ms. Didi Jone, I'm Don DeLorente. This has been episode 222 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. I promised myself if I won the Royal Rumble, I was not going to do it. No matter what, I was not going to do it. But this is a once-in-a-lifetime shot, so I got a point at the time, man. The Royal Rumble is a match that was designed to test the limits of every superstar in the WWE, to take them beyond where they thought they could go. Put 30 of the best athletes in the world in the ring and let them go until there is only one. Test those limits until there is only one. Last night, we found out who the one is. is Chef freaking Rollins. And now, 
you have a decision as to who you are going to burn down at WrestleMania. Much like the winner of the women's Royal Rumble match last night, Becky Lynch has the same decision. She will make her decision tomorrow night on SmackDown Live. But you need to make yours right here tonight. You know, trust me, you know maybe better than anybody else how fast the machine moves. We need to move, so I need to know. I need you to make the decision on the crossroad tonight. I'm going to give you till the end of the night, Seth. But then the WWE champion Daniel Bryan is going to be here. The Universal Champion, Brock Lesnar, is going to be here. And I need you to tell me whose ass you are going to kick at WrestleMania. I always believed in you. I was the guy by your side that whole time. And we promised to come up to WWE and take over. Together, he tried to stop us. But are you, you going to go down the brother route? Talk about the brother you stabbed in the back on the same night your other brother told the world he was fighting leukemia again? Is that where you're going with this? I'm sorry, but this conversation doesn't concern you. Everything in this ring concerns me. You've changed, man. Look at this guy. Look at you hanging out with this guy. You are a pure kiss ass. So go ahead, man. Go on to headline WrestleMania. I hope you beat Brock Lesnar. Or I hope you beat Daniel Bryan. I hope you do. We both know the one guy who's always had your number. The one guy you've never been able to beat fair and square. The one guy you've never been able to beat without Corporate Kane or J&J. Or this guy's help. And that's me. What about it, Chuckles? I heard you got some stroke around here, so why don't you make this match for right now? Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. Oh, what's the matter? Do you have to ask permission from your father-in-law first? Get me a referee right now.